Hey, Jim. Hey, Ralph. How do you like our music today? Hey, good. It indicates to our listeners that we're back in our palatial <laughs> university studio. And uh, actually, I hate to break it to you gently, but we have no coffee today. So, uh, <laughs> Well, we have had coffee uh, earlier, so, uh, you know. I'm uh, I'm nicely caffeinated myself. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little toasted on caffeine myself. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay. Well, today we're going to tackle something that is uh, in the news and uh, something that our um, listeners have uh, been thinking about, and that is uh, fake news. Okay. So why is fake news in the news? Well, apparently there's a lot of it going around, including Ralph. Uh, it could be that some of our listeners would say. Um, hey, uh, you guys, uh, that stuff you talk about, uh, do you make that up or is that uh, real? Well, we can assure you that it is real news in that, A, it comes from um, a, uh, a journal. Well, that's one A peer-reviewed journal. A so. peer-reviewed journal. And uh, uh, it's uh, current, so those are two criteria. Uh, and hopefully there's no real agenda here with uh, Ralph and Jim. If we have any ag agenda at all, it's to help our listeners to uh, to be better yeah, and do better. to do better and help their friends to do better. Yeah, so that's, uh, uh, that, that's the agenda, that's the, that's the bias, so we're up front you know, with, with that. Um, but it's interesting, Ralph, you know, when I first started to look at the term fake news, um, you know, I, there's fake information, misinformation, there's disinformation, there's malinformation, and intent seems to be a very big part of it. Uh, fake news that is uh, uh, destined to uh, harm people is much more uh, uh, sinister, I guess, than fake news that's just sort of uh, fun. For example, uh, over in my filing cabinet there, in the um, motivation uh, folder, I've got a uh, uh, was it a Globe or an Inquirer or something like that, uh, and uh, there's a picture of a guy on the cover and a story about this guy who's uh, 4,000 pounds. Now, is that real news? I think you knew if you bought the Inquirer, you were probably going to get some of the news in there that was not necessarily accurate. You mean? Elvis isn't alive and well? Um, well, somebody named Elvis is alive and well, but <laughs> but Presley, no, I don't think so. No. And um, But people who buy the Inquirer, or whatever that... Uh, 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 newspaper? Yeah, I was trying to come up with a better name for it. Um, yeah, buy it with... Uh, you know, buyer beware, you know, as as uh, you know their their operating principle. Uh, you can't believe everything. But it's kind of interesting that uh, a number of years ago I did some research on uh, humor and health, and uh, it was in a peer-reviewed journal, and somebody from Globe picked it up and uh, interviewed me uh, about the article and put uh, uh, the the interview in the the Globe. You know, a, a paper that not necessarily is uh, known for for uh, veritas, for, for truthfulness. But it was an interesting process because this uh, um, writer uh, interviewed me, then wrote the story, and then 
sent me the story to approve, and then interviewed me again. So that and you know what was in that particular issue, at least in terms of humor and health, was an accurate depiction of what I had written in the scholarly journal. In the scholarly journal, probably 12 people read it. In the Globe, probably several thousand people read it. Or more. Or more. And you know, the, the takeaway there was that uh, there's something called healthy humor that goes along with uh, physical, physical health. And one of the things, Jim, that uh, I remember from back in our youth was the old Reader's Digest magazine, and they had a, a little collection of jokes and anecdotes and so on, every issue, that were under the rubric laughter, the best medicine. That's right, yeah. And I think, uh, last time I was in a doctor's office, I think there's a, a new version of Reader's Digest, and they still have that as a, uh, as a section. So there's some stuff that's out there that is just going to be kind of, uh, well, you know it's going to be uh, uh, incorrect, like uh, Elvis is alive and living in Graceland. You know, somebody yeah, might be living in Graceland. Aliens father my baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although, and there are a lot of people who still believe in alien abduction theories, too. Um, just like there are people who, a number of years ago, thought that the uh, Earth was uh, hollow, and there were people, uh, masterminds, living in the uh, uh, in this... Uh, Subterranean... Uh, yeah. Inner globe. Yeah. Nowadays, it's uh, QAnon, or uh, some sort of global conspiracy, or... Uh, Davos is uh, um, somehow manipulating us and you know is that true well, maybe it's hard to, you know one of the things that uh, the people who talk about fake news say well you have to do your own research well, some of this stuff is going to be hard to research intuitively yeah. I'm pretty sure that we don't have aliens living in a hollow globe you know either that or every uh, scientist or earth scientist Who's ever studied what goes on under the the uh, uh, under the top of the earth has uh, is in a big conspiracy to hide the fact that we are living in a in a, uh, a hollow world. Or they've all been probed and are now mind controlled and really believe what they're telling us. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and that's probably been going on for you know thousands, if not tens of thousands of years. So logic sort of precludes. You know that kind of that kind of belief, but you know here we're here in Michigan, and uh, people have believed some pretty interesting things. I can remember in a social psych class at Michigan State, the professor talked about um, a, a particular event that happened. I think it was December thirty first, nineteen fifty four, when several hundred people went up to one of the tallest mountains in the Lower Peninsula to wait for a spaceship to come and pick them up and take them away. Well, the next day, they were still there, uh, and they disbanded very, very quickly. It was difficult to do research, apparently, on why they believed that they were going to be swept up by, uh, by aliens in a uh, spaceship, but they believed it. Yeah, and to give you another example, Jim, that's maybe more uh, global to all of the states, uh, 
we can think about uh, the assassination of John F. Kennedy. We know that Lee Harvey Oswald was uh, captured and held yeah. as the lone assassin. Mm -hmm. And then we know that Jack Ruby shot him. Right, okay. So we saw that one on television, actually. And uh, then we had for, well, all of the next years up until today, uh, there are people who say it was done by the CIA, the FBI, uh, the Russians. The Kennedys. The Kennedys, uh, the mob. And all of those theories have supporters who say it has to have been happened this way because. Uh -huh. And they'll trot you out a line of evidence and sometimes their chain of reasoning is fairly plausible, but they'll get to a point and then they'll say, well, we can't support the mob past this point because everybody in the mob who was involved is now dead. Yeah. And so you say, well, okay, I've followed you up to this point, but now you're asking me to great, make a great leap of faith to say that the sources are dead, but I still have to believe you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, so in, in looking at or trying to figure out what is um, authentic news and what is misinformation, um, yeah, one of the things that we have to look at is the source. And another thing we have to look at is the, uh, the, the potential bias. You know, it's my idea, This is I haven't seen this in research, but it's my idea that fake news is spread by people who want to appear to have kind of the inside story. We all want to have, be, be I don't know, sort of inside of the things that are happening, whether yeah. it's COVID-19 or, or um, oil crises or... One I heard recently, uh, my wife told me about it, is that in the next six months, uh, uh, money, uh, as we know it, uh, currency, will be uh, uh, outlawed in the United States. That's hard to believe because there's absolutely no um, uh, legislation that I can find that has anything to do with the devaluing of currency. Now, it's happened before, no, no question. You know. Our currency is more likely to, to be devalued by the uh, inflation that we're experiencing right now, as opposed to a government mandate. Yeah, the only thing that I can think of, Jim, that uh, that might lend some credence to that is that the government is now saying, well, we're going to do something with uh, digital currency. They're going to, yeah, they're going to regulate that yeah. with the uh, Federal Exchange Commission. And. So you may say, well, wait a minute, the plot is they're all, we're all going to digital currency and they're going to reset the whole uh, value of money through, uh, and now we'll be, all of us issued with a digital wallet instead of a paycheck. Yeah, and that was interesting. The, uh, the term you used, Ralph, was reset, and that was a term that was being thrown around, oh, about a year or so ago, uh, and uh, particularly in Canada, when it was... Uh, and I think uh, uh, the Prime Minister used it. And uh, the f idea here is that all of our debts will be forgiven, uh, including the mortgages on our houses, uh, which apparently will be then signed over to the government, and uh, will be given a uh, stipend to live on 
uh, about uh, I think thirty-seven thousand dollars or so. So that'd be thirty-seven for you and thirty-seven for Karen. So that's about seventy-four thousand dollars, which is about in if we think of it in today's terms in in cash money. That's about a comfortable middle class living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until gas goes up to six dollars a, a gallon, and then and hamburger goes up to fifteen dollars a pound. Yeah, so uh, those things are, are you know, possible, you know, as as well. Anyhow, the Great Reset, and uh, that was all over the uh, the uh, internet, and you, you can our listeners can Google it now, and they'll probably find some information you know on it. And it's interesting that. Um, uh, YouTube is often blamed for being the, uh, the the father of or the mother of misinformation. Well, I can I can see where that uh, that could be charged because, for example, if I want to set myself up with a desk and a microphone and a camera, um, I could have a YouTube channel that said virtually anything as long as I did not advocate for the violent overthrow of the government. Yeah. But if I said, uh, you know, the moon is made of green cheese, uh, and I could find 72 people who believed me and said, I'm going to follow him because he believes the moon is made of green cheese, uh, there's nothing to stop me or them. <laughs> right, right. And... Uh... And it's it's camembert, Ralph. It's not green cheese. Oh, so. Well. so you know, just so, yeah. So you know, okay, okay, okay. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you here, but later on we'll dispute that. <laughs> I have my I have my master's in cheeseology. <laughs> oh, people, you're from Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, people have said I've done some pretty cheesy things at least. <laughs> so we took a look at YouTube, and lo and behold. Uh, there are tons and tons of articles on YouTube about fake news, like how to spot fake news and how they try to vet fake news and top stories in fake news, etc. cetera. Uh, so they're aware of the fact that uh, some people, at least, are uh, blaming them for the uh, dissemination of uh, fake stuff. Now, I was watching a um, TED Talk, and uh, in TED Talks, uh, are, is the information correct? Well, my wife did a TED Talk, and uh, her talk was, was carefully vetted by the, by the uh, people, you know, the producers. So I would say probably if you listen to a, a TED Talk, you're getting factual information. But there was one I was listening to yesterday about, uh, uh, and we'll put this down in the Learn More section. You can uh, listen to it or watch it. And uh, this person said that we are all to blame for fake news. And, uh, uh, I mean... Okay, do, so do, in what sense? In uh, the stuff that we share. And, uh, and here's where it gets kind of interesting. She said that, uh, I think it was over 60% of the content that people share uh, hasn't been read by the person who shared it. Okay. Now, I mentioned that to you, right, Ralph? Right. Yeah. And now, how do I know that's in, that's correct? I haven't researched that. I don't have any art, you know, articles or you know, journal articles, but I was ready to pass that along. So I could be guilty of sharing 
bad stuff. Yeah. Now the interesting thing about that was um, I was old, I was willing when you said that to me. I was willing to believe you that mm -hmm. that, that was true. Yeah. Now, why? Well, because I know you and I trust you. Okay, yeah, so that you trust the source. Trust right? the source. Mm -hmm. uh, and what you said fitted into what I already tended to believe. Uh-huh, so, so confirmation I, bias. Confirmation bias, which is it's easier to believe things that fit with what you already know. Because if they don't fit, it gives you what we in psych are pleased to call cognitive dissonance, mm -hmm. where one part of your mind is saying, yeah, 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 and the other part of your mind is saying, no, 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 and you kind of go into a, a mental tumbling act. Yeah, right. It's uncomfortable, and so we want to, we like to have certainty, even if the certainty uh, ends up being uh, somehow wrong. Yeah. Like, hey, where is that spaceship that was supposed to take me away? You know? And... <clears throat> Another example from contemporary uh, usage, the tragedy in the Ukraine and the recent bombing of the maternity hospital. So you'll hear people on the news saying it was a deliberate act. Mm -hmm. You might also hear people from uh, the Russian side saying it was a terrible accident. We didn't know that that was a maternity hospital. Yeah, I gotcha. So, which confirmation bias uh, do you have? Are you uh, siding with the uh, little Ukraine who's gallantly defending itself, or are you siding with the Russians? Well, I hope for most of us here in the West that we mentally are pulling for the Ukrainians. Yeah just because we see the Russians as, well, they are the aggressors. Right, right. And we can make some uh, analogies, I suppose, to uh, what happened prior to the Second World War. But that really isn't uh, the, the purview of our podcast. Um, but yeah, we hear all sorts of things uh, in, the, uh, in the news media, and we have to make some decisions as to you know, what we're going to believe and what we are not going to believe. Um, are we and, going to believe Fox News versus Huffington Post? One of the uh, uh, people that we'll put on under uh, Learn More was a contributor to Huffington Post. She said she could say anything, and uh, it wouldn't be challenged. You know, she could say the moon is made of green cheese, or if you know Jim Carroll says the moon's made of camembert. You know, it says, yeah, and that would yeah. not get any uh, get challenged. So. Uh, we grew up in Canada, Ralph, and there was one news source for the most part when we were growing up, the Canadian Broadcasting System. Right. Uh, and uh, Which uh, touted itself as uh, the news for all Canadians. Yeah. And who funded it? The Canadian government. Uh-huh. So all the news that's fit to print or something like that, or all the news that... That fits, fits. we print. Yeah. So. so you have to say to yourself, well, you know, who's... Who's the source? And those of uh, our listeners who are over maybe 50 might remember from their childhood a news broadcaster named Walter Cronkite. The most trusted man in America. 
Yeah, and when Cronkite said something, you pretty much could take it to the bank. Yeah, we, we believed it, no question. And the thing is, 99% of what he said, I think, was gospel to the facts. And if he had any interpretation, he said, my interpretation is, or I believe, or my opinion. And he almost never did that. So what you got was pretty much the facts. Yeah. And uh, nowadays, uh, we, the way we can edit things, uh, you know, Sean Hammond, he could say something, and then he could say, uh, and now, my opinion is, and uh, if someone was uh, had some malice, they could uh, uh, take, take out the in my opinion, and present it as Sean Hamity says. Yeah, and in which case, you might get something um, not completely off the wall, but certainly presented from a stance of uh, uh, pro-right bias and not know it because there's no in my opinion or I believe. So one of the things that you want to do is uh, check your source and don't look just for one type of verification. Don't say, well, I'm going to go and see what Facebook has to say about this, or I'm going to go and see what MSNBC has to say about this, or I'm going to go to Fox News. You want to go to all three. And that's time-consuming, isn't it? It is, and it takes energy. Yeah. And a lot of us are content to sit in our office chairs and look at the computer and say, well, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the things, and we'll put this in Learn More also, there was an article uh, in Wikipedia that uh, looked at uh, fake news. Okay. Now, back in the day... People used to accuse Wikipedia of fake news, right? Yeah. And, you know, you, if it's in Wikipedia, you can't uh, uh, believe it. Well, I think Wikipedia has uh, proven itself. And, yeah. Uh, so th I, I took a look at this article, and one of the things that it said was uh, that fake news has been around for a long time. It goes back to the uh, 1870s with uh, patent medicines and things like that. Yeah, and yellow journalism, which was really their version of fake news, which was news presented with a bias. Yeah, okay. And uh, so if you go to the link, uh, you will you can read the article. Um, I think maybe you don't want to print it off because it ends up being 66 pages long, okay. <laughs> which I didn't know before I printed it uh, <laughs> off. Um, but in, in the article, they give several ways of... of preparing yourself to identify whether or not something is potentially fake or not. They have eight different things. Now, one of the uh, uh, TEDs uh, is going to talk about the crap test and the fable test. Well, Wikipedia's got eight different kinds of things. Um, consider the source, read beyond the headlines, check the authors, assess whether or not there are some 
extra uh, supporting stories or so sources. What's the date of the publication? Is it is it up to date? Uh, ask if is this a joke? Um, um, review you know, your own biases and uh, uh, ask ask experts to you know to uh, to weigh in on yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the the interesting thing about that, I guess, for me, is that often uh, the headlines are what. Uh, people are pleased to call these days uh, clickbait. So they'll put up a really juicy headline and then uh, people will read the headline and then they'll say, oh, I'm going to forward this to my friend so-and-so because they're likely to really enjoy it. Uh-huh. And it really doesn't matter if it's true or false or negative or positive. If you click on it, and disseminate it, uh, the uh, the sponsors like it, right? Yeah. And so there's a motivation and, there to get as juicy a headline as you can. And one of the things that a lot of people don't understand about uh, the algorithm, uh, that uh, the uh, electronic news uses, is if you click on something and uh, you say, I like this, or you say, I dislike this, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, because <laughs> yep. the algorithm boosts it. Yeah. Well, I think we've given our listeners uh, something to think about, and uh, really do urge you to um, take a look at some of the things that we posted under um, uh, Learn More. So until next time. This is Ralph. And this is Jim. Saying, keep, keep your stick, stick on, on the ice, because we're all in this together. together.